Hello everybody, welcome to this week's podcast. Hope you're doing well. Myself and Pierce are just currently sitting on the terrace at the Asprey. We've just finished filming and uh, we thought we'd make the, make the use of the weather while it's obviously it's not, not quite winter, even though we've got snoods and woolly hats on at the moment, <laughs> um, but it's certainly changing that way. And what we wanted to do today is just have a bit of an open discussion about um, an opportunity to get better at playing the game because um, our theme for the month on the website is all about practice and as we come into the off season it's really an opportunity to to really think about your game and start to understand what we want to work on but I think there's a massive opportunity to get better at golf uh, and instead of just working at your golf swing now let's just talk about practice first Pierce because and probably a good um, example of this is when we were at Royal St George's this year with Aaron at the at the Open Royal St George's is uh, a flat golf course. <laughs> it's flat from far away. Yeah. But when you get on the fairways and the greens, they are so undulated messed and slopey. Up, I would say messed up is one good word. Um, so undulated and slopey that you just don't have a flat lie. Ball above your feet, ball down, uphill lie. You know, all over the place really. Yet we go in the driving range, and you see all these players warming up and practicing, and it was perfectly flat it one could of, not one, have one been of the best I've ever seen it was one of the <laughs> most spectacular perfectly flat ranges that you've ever seen and that is just nothing like golf nothing like the golf course mm. there and I think the golf is a very strange sport because how we practice and where we practice it's not on the same landscape we, we plan a pla- practice on a flat range no consequence no trees it's easy no pressure and that's f- so far removed from that and how many people go to the range and go, look, I'm, I'm really good on the range. And then I just struggle on the golf course. Yeah, they have a bad game on the golf course and they immediately go, oh, I need to work up my golf swing. So they go back to the range, work on their golf swing, and then they go back on the course, have another one, and they're not really improving their game. And we think there's a huge opportunity. I suppose it's mine and your mission, Pierce. Yes, really. For sure. To, to get people better at playing the game of golf rather than just working at their golf swing, thinking the answers are in there. And I think we see, we, we take a lot of players on the golf course on a Saturday morning at Perton, we'll get them on there, play nine holes. And it's amazing how, and not, this is not an insult, but it's amazing how uneducated golfers are when it comes to actually playing the game, isn't it? We see this all the yeah. time. And, and what this comes down to is, is just what you focus at. And I suppose the question I would ask to anybody listening to this, what does, what does practice mean to you? And I would say that the majority of people that we ask that question to, who aren't on our wavelength, practice means going onto the range and hitting shots to correct your swing. Yep. Whereas actually, practice to me and Andy means that you could just hone in your disciplines anywhere on the golf course, yep. whether it's practicing three foot putts, whether it's practicing long drives, shorter drives that hit the fairway, or it's hooking, hooking a golf ball around a tree or playing a flop shot. So it really is, you know, practice for us does have a very different meaning. So I think understanding what practice is to you could be a game shift and changer for you. I think this is one really key thing, again, for the listeners to this, is that how many people feel comfortable on the range? Mm. And how comfortable do those people feel on the golf course when there's, when there's a tournament on? Yeah. And I think we, we mentioned this, we had a conversation recently and it was, um, if I was going to compete again, if we were going to compete again, yeah. I think we both said this, that I would spend less time on the range working at my swing yeah. and more time out on the golf course working at everything on the golf course. Yes. Because I think what, one thing, that if, you, if all you do is practice on the range, 
it doesn't really get you that comfortable on the golf course. And I think there's great examples of this, and I'm sure the listeners to this will, will, will know people who do not go down the driving range and practice. Mm. And they are good. great. They are yeah. great on the course. They're great under pressure. Mm. When, when, they, you know, when there's a tournament on, when they're in a match, they, they, they thrive under those conditions. Yeah. And that's because their practice is their play. Yeah. And they're playing so much in those conditions that they're conditioned to play better in that way. Whereas, yeah. And I know, I know I've done it in the past. You, you, you go more on the range because you want to improve your golf, you want to improve your golf, but the more you remove yourself from the course, the less comfortable you are when you get back on the golf course. Yes, for sure. Uh, it's interesting that we've got, so we've got a friend of ours. We've got, actually made a list of some golfers. We'll actually, let's just name those, those people now. So examples of this are Aaron, Aaron Rye, obviously. Seb on golf, Seb Carmichael Brown, who does play, he, he does practice. He's got a few funky moves going on in his golf swing, but he's an unbelievable competitor. He gets, you it, done, wanna, he? He gets it done. You wouldn't want to play him. You know, he's, he's putting stroke. You look at it and go, that, that can't work. It works. Yeah. You know, great short game. Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Colin Montgomery. Even I was just one that we haven't got on the list, a mate of ours, and this is really, really important for him, Rob Miller. Yeah. So he is a great competitor on the golf course. The good thing for him is if he practices, he just starts shanking. Yeah. So actually, he was forced to play golf and not practice. So I think that if you can... If you can actually really think about this, and look, we're not saying that you shouldn't work at your golf swing. That's not what we're saying. But maybe understand that you shouldn't only be working at that, and maybe there's a different environment where you can work at your golf swing, which is on the golf course. And yeah. for us, obviously with what we do now, we still coach. But where we can, we want to watch them play. If, and this is the, kind of the problem with golf lessons, really. If you think about a golf lesson, what is it? It could be half an hour or an hour, and you only really can make it work financially for the coach and maybe time-wise for the person having the lesson to do it on the driving range or a practice area where you can hit balls. Whereas actually what you should do is you should be on the golf course for two hours playing nine holes with the pro and the pro is showing you how to play golf. Yeah. That for me is how golf lessons should be done and then you can then take it to the range if you want to to knuckle down on something some specifically. Yeah, and I think there's, um, I think there's a... I'm going to share a good example in a minute, but I think there's a few things I've just developed. I've got a couple of notes here and I wrote down in terms of golf IQ, some of the things that are really important on the golf course that we see golfers lacking and yeah. not working on. I just and, these are, and, this is, and I know you're going, to, you're going to list them out now. I don't think anyone listening to this now needs to go, how many of those am I actually working at? Exactly. Hi everyone, Andy here. Just letting you know about something that we've created just for you. MeAndMyGolf.com is our membership platform that we believe is the best resource out there to improve your golf. And one of the questions that we get asked all the time is what's the difference between YouTube and the website? And the main difference being is that sometimes people can get lost in content on YouTube and not really having a clear structure or plan of where to go. So we wanted to create something that was, was really going to help golfers. We've got over a thousand uh, coaching videos on there, but our main thing or main feature on there are the coaching plans and we've seen some amazing results from these plans and these are basically carefully designed plans on all areas of the game so you don't have to think or worry about what to do we tell you exactly what to practice each week and whether you're looking to break a certain score fix a slice improve your putting or short game we have a plan that will suit you we're even staggered at some of the results that golfers are getting from these as well and we even have a private Facebook group where all of our members go and share experiences and support each other. Real nice place, positive place to be. And we'd love to see you over there and have the chance to help you with your game so make sure you head over to meandmygolf.com and check out your free trial with no obligations to join. Check it out and see if you can find a plan and become a part of this amazing community. 
So just, just I'll go through these and just think, you know, have a think about these, which ones you, you spend time doing. So first of all, reading the lies. Uh, how well do you understand how the lie is going to affect the actual spin and the shot that you're going to play? Uh, how often do you go out there and work at course management? How often do you play the same course and try a different strategy out? Um, or do you just keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting to see something different? How well do you really know your yardages? Do you know how far the ball carries? Most golfers do not know. They know the total distance. They don't know how it carries. And certainly when you come into the winter, they get caught out because they've been used to the ball bouncing and, and rolling on a bit where it's, it gets a bit softer. Playing in the wind, I think, uh, I think that's another one. Most people underestimate that. Using your tendencies. How often do you know your tendencies and do you allow for them on the golf course? Dealing with pressure, do you have strategies for that? Awkward lies, are you clear on how you play them? And how much are you focused on your golf swing on the golf course instead of the shot? Now, one example of this, Pierce, I did a playing lesson two weeks ago um, with one guy, eight handicap, and he gets, we get to, it was firm, it was quite dry and firm, and we're on the 15th of Purton. He's got 100, I think he had about 140 yards to go, and he's in the rough, 140 yards, he's in the rough, it's wet, a bit of moisture, it's rock hard, and he's zapped the, zapped the flag, he saw the yardage, and he's pulled the club based on the yardage and nothing else. So I said to him, okay, look, okay, what, why have you selected that club? He said, well, it's 140 yards. <laughs> I said, well, okay, let's, let's just think about this. The ball's in the rough, the ball's gonna spin less. There's moisture on the, uh, in the grass, it's gonna spin less. The ground is absolutely rock hard, it's probably going to bounce 25 yards. So you've got all these factors that are going to influence the shot. I said, you need to pull your wedge. Mm -hmm. I said, it's two clubs less than you think. And he was like, really, wedge? I said, well, yeah, you need to pick up your 120-yard club. Yeah. And he was like, well, I never really thought about that. All he's thought about is the yardage he's got. Yes. He hasn't factored in, hasn't even factored in the wind. He hasn't factored in the, the, the firm bounce, the rough lie the moisture and the grass, all these things reading the lie. And I, I think that I think I might have let him play it first. Um, I think I might have let him play it first. He knocked it through the back I'm anyway. I'm sure you would have done. <laughs> I, 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 he knocked it through the back anyway, and then I made him play it again. And it was like, oh, okay, I really didn't think of that. But it was an eye-opener, because all he was just going off, there's the yardage, yeah. pick the club to the yardage and go, instead of actually understanding the lie. Yeah. We do, that, we do that a lot. Again, look, I'll add another one to that when we were away just in Spain. Mateo had exactly the same shot. The thing that he had on top of that was the flag was back left. All the trouble was big. The last place you should be going is back left. So sometimes you've got to look at a yardage like that. And this is, I love rangefinders, but they can actually be a pain in the butt because yeah. you're, you're focusing on the yardage of the flag. Well, that isn't always where you should be hitting the shot. So if you've got a back left flag out the rough downwind and you can get fly and go big <laughs> and all the trouble's big, you should not be trying to hit 135 meters as it was for Mateo. It's a 120 meter shot play that and see what happens. Exactly, yeah. and that's another good example there of um, just maybe a strategy thought there of going, where don't I want to be? Yeah. Where most golfers are over the shot and just thinking, there's the flag, let's yeah. hit it to that. Instead of going, what you've worked out yeah. there, where don't I want to be? Where's the ideal place to leave it on the green? Yeah. What happens if I get a flyer? Where do I want to err on the caution of safety? Yes. All these small things make a huge difference, but what often happens is they'll hit the shot, fly the green, 
yeah. have no recollection no, no. of no understanding or feedback yeah. and go, what the, what the hell's just happened well, there? And what they'll do I as well. I need to work on my golf swing. And what they'll do, <laughs> or, or what they'll do is they'll chip it 30 foot past and two putt or three putt like Matteo did and go, I need to work at my putting and my chipping. Exactly. Well, actually, what you need to understand is they shouldn't have even been in that situation. If we, were, if we, we always say if we could caddy for a golfer, that we'd probably save them five to ten shots depending on their ability. No question, it would be, and it's just it's it's just huge though, isn't it? There's a huge opportunity there, and as you as you mentioned, golf is messed up. <laughs> Every round of golf you have, you're going to have different lies, different different conditions, different wind direction. It, it's all going to change yeah. quite a lot. So it's just I think what we really want to do with this is just maybe question and challenge you guys to go. Well, what type of golfer are you? Are you a, a golfer that that plays golf? and immediately goes to technique and just hammers the technique on the range, doesn't quite feel that comfortable on the golf course, and then keeps going back to the range to try and be comfortable on the golf course. Yeah. If you are that person, maybe half the time that you spend on the range, put that time into developing some time on the golf course, working at things out there and have a bit more awareness. And invest in learning a little bit, maybe mm -hmm. look at some of the programs that we do, Secret to Low Scores on the website. It is a massive, um, a huge plan that just would help a lot of people. Every time we see someone who has a lesson, we tell them to end up doing to tell them to do that. We actually, if they're a member of the of the, the membership program, we actually say to them, "Say, look, have you watched that?" And they haven't watched it. No, I'm exactly. like, you need to watch this. It's really important. They're looking important. at club face and 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 yeah. swing plane, which is important. Yeah. But there's an opportunity where you ultimately look. If you want to play better golf, you need to play the game, not just try and fix the golf swing. Really. Yeah. I've got something. I think I think we're pretty much done on what we wanted to talk about here. But I've got something I think is a little bit of a task for you. I did this recently. I'm going to be putting it in a private Facebook members group for the membership program. In that, I want you to write a list. I wrote a list of everything that I'm good at. And didn't I wrote, take that long. Didn't that take that long? No. Three, <laughs> three things. It was the first put, the second put, the third put. <laughs> the um, and then write a list of what you're not so good at. And then when you figured out what your list of not so good as at is, you'll probably find that actually, well, I'm actually okay with my driving. I'm okay with my driving, and, that, and yet I spend all my time on there. Whereas you look at it, oh, I can't play a flop shot, or I can't chip out the trees, or I can't, you know, play out the rough. Go and practice those. So look at your list of what you're not very good at, and then probably if you've got ten things on there, then maybe say, well, these are the three most important things, and for the next couple of months, I'm going to work at those three things. Three things. And see <laughs> I'm, where you just, go. I'm just thinking of a good example of this. <laughs> we had uh, Stu. Stu Reefer, who was a member, as a member again of our program, he came for a live lesson, didn't he, a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> and he wanted to, he wanted a lesson on his irons, and he's hitting these irons down the 14th here, and we're going, he's swinging it brilliantly. What are you on about, he's Stu? Like, he's hitting these great irons to the green. We're going, I don't really sure how much we can make him better, you know, on this, and but he, he said he wanted to improve his irons, and then we said, well, look, what area, like, scares you? Like, what do you really struggle with? And then he says, well, I really struggle with like pitching with inside 60 yards. I mean, let's, let's go and look at that. But he almost wanted to avoid that because he didn't really enjoy that and he knew it was painful. Yeah. It was like, let's work at my irons because I he enjoy wanted, my irons. And he also wanted to show us how good he was probably. And, yeah. and that's, that's what you do. You do that with yourself yeah. when you go to the course. You, how often do you go, look, one thing, what promise I make to myself every time I go and practice my short game now is I tap the ball into the ground or I put my foot on it and I make the lie worse every time unless someone's watching. But no, I, and if they do watch me at Bad Shot, I just tell them I made it worse, so it doesn't matter. But no, I will actually make sure that I want to make it harder for myself when I'm practicing, not easier. And he, in Stu's case, he just wanted to have an enjoyable experience of showing us how he could hit good iron shots. Yeah, we avoid, we definitely avoid the shots that we don't like and we want to do more of the, of the ones we're good. So it's, I think, look, we wanted to just chat, chat today and go, well, which type of golfer is you? I, we, we know so many golfers 
who are amazing on the golf course, funky-looking golf swings. Yep. They just get the job done. They get the job done because they don't overthink things with their technique, mm -hmm. and they figure things out. We've, we, we're very good at figuring things out on the golf course a lot of the time. If you don't and you're really struggling with it on the golf course, then that's the time to maybe look at some technical yeah. changes to complement that. But don't automatically think that the golf swing is everything. Just how it looks, improving how it looks, isn't necessarily the way to just change it. You've got to understand how to play the game, get the ball in the hole as least shots as possible. That's all we're really trying to do. Uh, with, without relating it too much to tour pros, look at the last three world number ones. I think that's probably Rahm, DJ, Justin Thomas maybe. You know, you look at their golf swings, would you say that that's what you would try to achieve when you're at the driving range? Probably not. They've got their own motions. They just know how to play golf, especially Ram. Yeah, exactly. That boy knows how to play golf. Exactly. So, so guys, look, yeah, let us know your thoughts. Screenshot this, tag us in on Instagram. Let us know your thoughts. Which type of golfer are you? I would say that the majority of you listening to this probably are the, the, the guys who are going on the range. And I think there's an opportunity. If you want to feel more comfortable and confident on the golf course, spend less time on the range. Go out on the golf course on your own. Go out there and work some things out. Put yourself in some, some scenarios that you don't like, that scare you. Play a hole that you don't like and see how you can do. Change your strategy up. Get out there and, and have some experience on your own on the course. It'll definitely help you feel more comfortable. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. I think there's some really good stuff there. Only a short one this time, 20 minutes or so. But as much power in that as you will get in any of our podcasts. Thanks so much. We'll see, we'll see or hear you soon. We won't hear you, we'll hear us. <laughs>